Welcome to another episode of the Father Son Podcast. My name is Noah Thompson. Alongside me, of course, as always, my father, Craig Thompson. Dad, what's up? How are we doing? Oh, man. Doing good, Noah. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. It's uh, This is going to be episode 19 with Zach Thomas. And I mean, this is, this is a banger. This one's good. Um, a lot of this is going to be based on Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, the carousel of coaches that are going to start really spinning here soon. We didn't even touch on uh, Virginia tech or, or any of the extensions with Mel Tucker at, at Michigan state or James Franklin at Penn state, whatever. We, we just kind of really touched on the player perspective. It's, it's a really good one. Um, but before we get to that, let's kind of dive into some of our allegiances here, dad. Uh, let's start with the Panthers. Um, the Carolina Panthers, since our last podcast, uh, they made a brilliant move for what we, we thought was, was awesome. I still think it's awesome bringing Cam back. Um, but I think it exposed how bad some things are in the franchise. Um, one, Chris McCaffrey's health. Two, the offensive line. Three, how kind of vulnerable the defense has been. And the quarterback position is still a question mark. And the biggest one to me is coaching. Um, since Cam returned, they obviously beat Arizona, that was a huge win, but the last two games, Panthers should have beat Washington at home. And then last week against Miami was hideous, Dad. Hideous. Oh, it was awful. I, I, they couldn't have beat their way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, it, it was pathetic. Just um, got in their own way. The offensive line was Swiss cheese. I mean, yeah. I, mean I mean, I watched some of the film like the that they released that John Ellis um, – very, uh, very trustworthy source, reliable. And man, it's just the offensive line was blocking two people at once and then letting one go free. It Cam looked, had some bad throws. There was three drops on the opening drive. I mean, Christian's done for the year. It's a dumpster fire, dad. Dumpster fire. Yeah, it is. And I, if they don't get it turned around pretty quick, um, I think Matt Rule might be done over there. And, um, um, you know, and, and I know Noah that you are a Cam fan, and he's the best quarterback at, that they've ever had there. And I know what you just said. He's got other issues, offensive line, and this and that and the other. But since 2018, I guess, as Cam with Cam Newton as a starting quarterback, they've lost ten in a row. And yep, that is true. Uh, yep. However, quarterbacks I mean, don't wins losses are not a quarterback stat. I'll die on that hill. Um, but yeah, you're right. The answer, the answer is not Cam long term. Um, right now, Cam gives them the best chance to win. That is a fact. I agree. One thousand percent. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Dad, but they they took him out of the game. There's no need to play him anymore. You're getting beat like a drum. Take him out, let PJ play. I agree with that move one thousand percent. But did you see what happened? Four uh, plays. Four plays. He got two sacks, sacks three times, right? One, inter- one completion and one interception. Yeah. So, no, it's not Cam. That is not the issue yeah. here, period. They, well, he I gives, think you could have had Tom Brady back there and he'd have been. Oh, yeah. It would have, have been miserable. Yeah. Um, anyways, there's got to obviously got to be some big changes there. I just kind of wanted, wanted our, our friends that listen here to 
understand that, yes, I see it. Cam played not to his best, but look what he did against Washington. Exactly what he was supposed to do, responsible for three touchdowns. He's already responsible for, let's see, he had, he had three, he had two in the air against Washington, had one on the ground. Um, he had two in Arizona. There's five. And then he had one in Miami. So there's six in three games. And I mean, that production at the quarterback position, even getting blown out in one of them is huge. So I'll take it. It's a, it's an upgrade. Only if there could be some building pieces around it and McCaffrey going down does not help. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we talk on this a lot. Uh, we got a good conversation ahead of us. So let's, let's move on to, let's talk app state hoops real quick, dad. Um, not the start we're looking for period. No, had a rough start down in um, Florida for that tournament they were in. Um, you know, went one and two down there, lost uh, to Vermont on a buzzer beater. Um, you know, came back home, uh, played Monday night against Hartford, um, which was an NCAA tournament team last year. They lost to Baylor in the first round. Um, had a, you know, a 10-point win. Wasn't the prettiest win. Uh, they play some team tonight called Boyce College. I'm, I think they're a Division three school, maybe in Kentucky. I'm not sure where they are. But that's going to be tipping off here in the next – nine minutes and um yeah so uh but here's the thing you know with with coach kearns who i did have the privilege of meeting him on saturday up there at the game uh he is such a such a nice fella but he gets a lot out of those players um they're probably not the most talented basketball team um that's going to take the court this year uh but they're, you're going to get effort out of them, and yep. they play defense. And that defense and that effort gives them a chance to be competitive and get a few breaks, go away, and they can win. And that's what happened last year, you know, when we got into Sunbelt play and, and we caught lightning in a bottle towards the end of that Sunbelt season and, you know, won a few games, had a pretty decent seed, and and then, and of course, we won that tournament. And um, so, and, you know, we got – like 80 some percent of our scoring back from last year. So I, I think they'll, they'll come around, they'll jail. And uh, I think it'll be a fun sunbelt season for, for the Mountaineers. They, they got a couple more tough non-conference games coming up. They do. Um, yeah. They, they go to Durham and the chapel hole. And uh, so, you know, th- those are going to be two tough games. I agree. Um all that you said, however, there's one problem with App State basketball. Um, there's a lot of pull and a lot of hype to get people at the games, and I am 100% one of those people. Go to the basketball games if you're in Boone and you're not at the basketball game. Think twice about who your allegiance lies for, and that's if you like sports. Yeah, I get it. If you don't like sports, eh, whatever. But if you say you're a big App fan, just please go. It, it's awesome. However, if they want people to go to these games, they have to beat the Delawares. They have to beat the Charlottes. They have to win those games. That's the only way it's going to happen. And you know who knows that? App State basketball. So there's yeah. there's there's nobody blaming anybody here, but but that's just kind of the case. So that that's all we got to say there. Um, last thing before we get to Zach, Duke basketball, big time win against the Zags on Friday night on black Friday. And I mean, since then they were rolling, that was their seventh win. They went or six win, I believe no seventh win went seven and zero in their first seven. 
last night, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, last night they, they would go to Columbus up 13 at halftime, looking good. Wendell Moore, Paulo Bancaro, the whole gang looking good. But then the second half, they crumbled like your favorite cookie. And you don't deserve to win a basketball game when you can't put the ball in the bucket with five minutes and 19 seconds to go in the game. They were stuck on 66 for night 519, Dad. That's miserable. Well, I I guess they lost. Um, that one doesn't count for me because I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> I fell asleep. And uh but no, I did. I, I saw where they only scored one point, like in the last whatever six minutes or something. Yep. Uh, but no, you're not going to win. Apparently, they struggle from the foul line, and you know, you go on the road and play a team like that, and, and you play crappy, you're going you're going to lose. And, and that's the that crazy part there, Dad. They didn't play crappy in the first half. And it was almost like it was good enough for them to win. But when you foul 23 times, Dad, they fouled 23 times. I mean, good Lord. That's a lot. Three to 14. There was nine, the difference, nine. And they couldn't make free throws either. If Ohio State would have made their free throws, Duke would have got blown out of the gym. But they made yeah. it down the stretch. That's when it mattered. Uh, they had a, they have a Lafayette transfer, by the way. Ohio State does. Oh, really? And, of course, he went four for four from three. I swear, every yeah. time Duke loses – they have a guy who just torches them from three. Or I know, I know he hit. Th- he was three or three at one point. He may have missed another, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, it is what it is. You're going to lose those games. Uh, now, I will say, one thousand percent, Duke is the better team. Like, I don't think there's an argument there. I think they were the worst team in the second half of that game, and so yeah, they deserve to lose. But Duke is the better team, far more talented. However, Ohio State's older. They're tougher, and toughness wins basketball games. All the time. Yeah. Um, now, I would like to see that game played in, at a neutral site because that's a tournament type game. It would have been really good for it was really good for Duke to play on the road because the regular season is important. Obviously, not as important as it is in football because if you lose a game, your season's in jeopardy. Duke can lose two more and be fine. They can lose five more and be fine. Whatever the case may be. Um, however, obviously, it. it it's not going to go your way all the time, especially on the road in a hostile environment. Um, And when you got the student section chanting DWI, when your best player goes to the free throw line, that's probably not going to go boy. either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Blue Devils will be fine. It'll be fun to see our Mountaineers and the Blue Devils play in Cameron in a few weeks. Looking forward to that. Um, All right, let's get to Zach. Dad, this was good. Uh, And keep in mind, we're not going to talk about Zach's story. So if you're looking to know who Zach Thomas is, you should probably do your own research there. Although dad does give a little spiel on who he is or listen to our friends at the BGP. They had Zach come on, kind of talk about his career. Um, But yes, dad, this was good. We talked coaching carousel. Um, Really looking forward to it. And let's get to our conversation with none other than Zach Thomas. Zach, what's up, man? What's up? How are y'all doing? All right, Dad. Uh, you have a formal introduction here because we're not just talking to anybody. So, Dad, take it away. Okay, folks. I, I want to introduce our guest tonight on the Father Son Podcast, and um, he is 
without a doubt, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever come through Appalachian State. Um, 32 and six as a starter, fourth all time in passing yards, first all time completion percentage for a game. And that was 100% versus Charlotte in 2018. Fourth all time completion percentage for a career, four games with four touchdown passes in those games. Third all-time with 28 touchdown passes in a season in 2019. And third all-time with 69 career touchdown passes. And the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year in 2018 from Trustville, Alabama, none other than Rita Thomas's boy, Zach Thomas. <laughs> no, that yeah. was too kind. <laughs> we we that was the only thing we uh we told him off off camera off air that we were not going to put him on a spot like that but uh we just read your whole accolades bro so sorry about that yeah it's all good um okay so before we get into anything serious um i have a story to tell uh i think dad's heard this before but zach this uh involves you 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 may not know this but you may figure it out once i finish the story, but my sophomore year at app. So you, let's see, you would have been like class wise, you've been a junior. Um, I was in a biology class. I was in biology two with Steven Siegel was his name. And I had this class with like seven or eight of my friends and we all would sit in the same row every single class before it got to the point where biology two did not have mandatory attendance lectures are online, but you know, the first two weeks of class, Zach, you got to go. So anyway, we're on the, the, as you learn on, you remember how you could check the roster on your phone. Yeah. And lo and behold, it says Zach Thomas. And again, Zach is the quarterback at Appalachian state. Um, I'm sorry to admit this, but I was thinking there's no way he's coming to this class. Like he's, it's Zach Thomas. He's not going to come. Um, and again, there were seven of us in the row and we were all looking, my friend JT and I shout out to JT were being the most obnoxious pieces of crap ever. And we were like, Zach Thomas, are you in here? Keep in mind, 200 people in this class. Um, and we're like, Zach, are you here, Zach? And then like, we get our other friends in on it. Our friend Mary Ellen, Lily, and then our friend Megan, shout out Megan, was sitting on the end of the row. And she starts doing it. And she goes, Zach, Zach Thomas, are you here? And the guy sitting next to her had glasses on and leans up in front of the chair or in front of Megan, looks down the row, starts shaking his head, and that was none other than Zach Thomas. I don't know if you remember that, but that absolutely happened. I don't know if I do remember that, but <laughs> that's a good story. I mean, we were being so stupid. So uh, here's my formal apology that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Zach, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, real quick, we kind of talked about this, but give the the general update. What is the day in the life? What are you doing right now? 
Yeah, so um, I've officially hung it all up, and I have officially um, joined the big world and started paying some bills and picked up a job, so working eight to five every day. Um, I work for a company out of Raleigh, North Carolina with Align Technology, so we sell Invisalign to dentists and orthodontists. So um, I'm in a sales associate program right now, so I have a year-long training program, and then I will eventually be promoted to a territory manager role to where I will be somewhere in the United States selling to either dentists or orthodontists at Bizline. So I'm very excited. It's a really good company and um, there's a lot of money to be made and you can move up the ladder in this company. So I was very happy with the choice I made to come to this company. And so everything's working out. Yeah, there's a, there's another thing. Um, and if this is uh, telling uh, too much, but I believe you bought some jewelry in the past few so i did so, so what's going on there <laughs> yeah so i did recently just got engaged um to reagan rutledge and so we are getting married in 2023 she has grad school at for two more years so we're going to wait a little bit no telling where i might be with my job so we're going to wait to get married so we did recently get engaged and so that's fun planning a wedding right now which is very stressful but um, we're doing it. And I recently actually on Saturday just had a puppy. So I just picked the puppy up on Saturday. So a lot's happening in my world right now. World wow. change. Congratulations. <laughs> Growing up is it sucks, but I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> oh man. So so the Zach Thomas that you see on ESPN, uh he'll he'll take a hit, he'll deliver a big throw, he'll pick up a third down, but the Zach Thomas you hear on the Father Son podcast now has a puppy and is engaged. Uh, Zach, you're soft. That's all I hear. You're becoming domesticated. <laughs> um, all right. No. So the main reason um, I think that it's important that Zach joined us tonight is because of what's been going on in the college football world. It's been nuts in the past week, uh, maybe even days. It's the coaching carousel and it's starting early. And Zach went through this twice. Um with Scott Satterfield at App to Louisville, then Eli Drinkwitz to Missouri. Um, and I think the the whole point that we're going to try and get from is not to tell Zach's story, but Zach's perspective. So, um, Zach, you are, what, 21 years old at the time. You had just come off of a career year. You had just beat Lafayette for the first ever Sunbelt Championship game. Then, lo and behold, boom, Satterfield goes. What? Give us the perspective there. Um, if, if you want to tell it in a certain way or whatever, but we'll probably have some follow-up questions. So, so take it away. Yeah. The, um, like you said, I went through it twice. Um, that was, I don't know. They were both very difficult. Um, not to say the least, I definitely think it played a bigger role from the quarterback position from an offensive standpoint on learning new systems. Um, the Satterfield one was definitely hard because Satterfield recruited me to App State. So, um, we had a connection from the very start, and Coach Ponce was the quarterback coach. So, obviously, you know, we built a really good relationship through the recruiting stages and then get into the campus and having, a make, having to make a name for myself from a player and from a man standpoint. So, the side of the one was tough, and it's tough because you build great relationships not only with players but coaches, and you just have a certain buy-in not only from the coaches but to the players but at the end of the day, we understand that family comes above everything. So we understand, I understand 
that you have to do what's best for your family. So we, as a person and who I am as a person, I understand there's tough decisions that you have to make in life. And I believe in my heart that that was definitely a tough decision from him saying that he played an app and he has been an app for a long time. So that was definitely a tough decision for him. But at the end of the day, his family's in his mind. And that was the best move for him. Now, being selfish, I definitely was not the happiest from the standpoint of, you know, that was my first year playing. Obviously, we won a conference championship. Um, and I felt like as a player, I had gained respect for my coaches. And so that would only build. And so that was definitely a tough pill to swallow from the first time. And going through that process was definitely difficult because, you know, you go in the bowl game which we had Mark Abbey was our interim head coach, and he did a fantastic job. But at the same time, you're wondering who's going to be your coach. And then, you know, they bring in Eli Drinkwitz, and he addresses us before we even play that game. And so not only do you have to worry about a game, as a quarterback, you have to learn, worry about, okay, well, now i got to get in with a new head coach. I have to become friends on the field and become with him, and I have to run a new offense. So the stress that was going into the first bowl game was out of this roof. But, um, I mean, I, 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 from a person, I don't hate anything that happened. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I respect them. And if I was in their shoes, I would have done the same thing. Where were you when you first heard, like, the, the, the first blip of rumors, Satterfield's gone? Um, was it before the Lafayette game in 2018? Um, you know, there was talks of it. There's, I mean, you know, when, when you have a successful program, there's always going to be talks of it. There's always going to be talks of, especially when your coach is dominating in your conference like we were doing, there's always going to be talks of a name being thrown around. So from that standpoint, you know, we knew that, uh, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think I do recall like knowing that he would leave. Um, it was definitely a shocker. I don't exactly remember where I was, but I do remember I was obviously with my five roommates and, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow because I remember receiving the message that he was going um, to Louisville and he was going to address the team the next day, but he didn't tell us that he was leaving, but we already knew what was happening. And we had heard rumors that he was already um, going to Louisville. You know, he went there on a private jet and all that stuff. We already heard those rumors, but, you know, when they call in a meeting, you kind of know, what's going to happen. And then from that standpoint, then you wonder, you know, what coaches are, is he taking, what coaches are staying behind. So, you know, a lot goes into it. So it's, it was, it's definitely difficult from that perspective. So when, when you guys, um, when you guys found out, obviously it was after you'd won a championship, you had another game to prepare for for the bowl game. So what was that like? I mean, technically, I guess you maybe had two weeks. Ivy was named the interim coach. Um, I guess Sean Clark was the offensive coordinator. But like you said, you, you know, you, you had Drinkwitz there kind of, you know, evaluating you guys as well. But as far as like your practices and your preparation leading up to that, was it pretty much the same as as normal, or was it a little looser, or was it a little more tense? What was that like? Um, I, I I mean, we didn't blink. I think that's a testament to the kind of players that App recruits from that aspect. Um, you know, we obviously losing coach is difficult, but at the same time, we knew the kind of players that we had, and we knew the kind of talent that we had. So it didn't really matter who was coaching us. We knew what we had in the 
on that field and we know we could go to war with anyone. So that I think that's just a testament to who at recruits, um, just the hard-nosed players that they recruit. And then, you know, you, you name um, Coach Ivy, the interim head coach. Well, then you just want to go out there and play for him to get him a win as an interim head coach. So, um, you know, things just fall in line. You know, it's definitely difficult from the start, but then, you know, you swallow that pill and then you move on. And I think that's just a testament to, you know, from year after year who have recruits. And it doesn't really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's coaching you. It's a matter of who's on the field and it matters who puts in the work. And at the end of the day, that's where it's going to shine. All right, Zach, take me through that meeting when Satterfield calls you guys in. I would say it's probably early in the, early in the morning. Um, like what, is it awkward? Is it, are you pissed at the moment? Like what, are your teammates just like, man, screw this guy or yeah, it makes sense. Like what, what's the, what's the moment like in the meeting room? Um, I mean, I can speak for myself. I definitely, uh, you know, I was probably up, I was a little upset from the aspect of this was the coach that recruited me. So we had built a really good relationship, but you know, as a person that I am, I knew that it's a business decision at the end of the day. And that's when you really find out that football is a business and they have to do what's best for themselves. Um, you can definitely say that there's probably was people in that room that were definitely pissed, but at the end of the day, like I keep saying, but he's got to do what's best for him. And so, um, you know, we had a players only meeting after that and it's just where, you know, you get out your feelings and then you move on and you wish him the best of luck. You wish his, the people that he takes the best of luck and then you look past it and you move on to the next game. So uh, I think that's just what we did really well of from a senior leadership standpoint that we had that year of just moving on and, um, playing for who we had on the field and playing for the coaches that we did still have. Yeah, I remember, you know, as a as a fan, um, when all this happened, and you know, I I expected it because um, Scott did a heck of a job up there. Um, you know, great success, and that's that's life changing money, you know, and um, so. Yeah, he could have stayed in Boone and had a comfortable life, but, uh, you know, he's a competitor, and he wanted to see if he could do it at the ACC level and or Power 5 level. And so I, I can understand him doing that, and I don't fault him one bit. Um, I remember with all the, you know, couple of days that go by waiting to find out who our new head coach is going to be, and there was all kinds of different names around, and I can't even remember some of them. But I don't recall reading anything about Eli Drinkwitz. And uh, so then all of a sudden, Drinkwitz is named a head coach. And, uh, you know, one of the big things that our tailgate group wanted to do was uh, we wanted to invite him to a tailgate so he could drink with us. With us. <laughs> and uh, so – but anyway, he um, – <laughs> I'm sorry, Noah. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> oh, but anyways. It, it, anyway, I, I really felt like he came in and, um, you know, he he did what he had to do. He had a had a great year. I mean, you know, thirteen and one. You can't can't knock that. I mean, the loss to Georgia Southern still sucks. But um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I remember time, so. when we hired the guy, and I told. Francie, my wife, Noah's mom, that hopefully in a year we'll be going through the same process again. And she said, why do you say that? And I said, because that means he's going to have a great year and somebody's going to come hire him away. 
And uh, that happened. And I knew he wasn't going to stay there long, you know. And um, But he didn't. He didn't wreck the car. He, you know, he managed it, and uh, I, I'm I'm thankful for what he did, and I think we're in pretty good hands now. Yeah, and Zach, before you touch on this, I I kind of got a question to sum up what Dad just said because I think that's important when you think about the the timeline. I never really thought about okay, you guys didn't know who your head coach would be from the end of that game, and then obviously Satterfield pulling that meeting. And then you guys trying to just lock in for your for your bowl game against Middle Tennessee. But I mean, as a player, do you speculate who who's coming? Do you do you talk about it? Do you I mean, do you research like what what goes on in your head? Um, we definitely did um, from that aspect of, you know, I mean, it's the same. I and mean, everybody gets on social media and it's hard not to see is a problem. And so we definitely would, but then it just got to a point where it was just too much. It was too much to keep up with too many names being thrown around. Um, and we realized some of those names never would come to app. And then we realized, you know, some of them probably would love to come to app, but wouldn't have a shot. So um, we, at that point, you know, we just kind of set it aside and just let whoever was just deciding that, whether that was athletic department or university, just let them decide and, put that on them. And then whenever, you know, when he comes in, maybe hopefully he's the best fit for us. So um, just putting, I mean, you can say just putting trust in other people, not just trying to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. And, and I guess to, to follow up on that as well, it's, I mean, you, (laughs) to me, it's just, it's really crazy how much change is made in a week and like why this is so important right now. Um, and was there ever any sense of, well, if he's leaving, I'm leaving? Like with you, did you ever think, I, can I go with him? Can I stay? Can I go? What, what kind of went through your head there? Um, when Satterfield left, no, um, because that was really when I started playing really well. And I knew the players that we had we were going to be really good the next year. So I never even thought about it. Um, I knew that I wanted to stay and I mean, you know, I, I already came from Alabama. That was already a big change for me. And so personally, I didn't want to make that change anyways. And um, I had at that that year, actually, I, you know, I got in a relationship with Reagan and a lot was going on. And it just wasn't it wasn't meant for me to do that right then and there. So um, I definitely I mean, I'm glad that I stayed. It was definitely the best decision I ever made. So definitely never yeah, really that year um, to ever go anywhere. Yeah, yeah and we're thankful for making that decision. <laughs> yeah, and, and and thank you, Reagan. Yeah, shout out. We know shout you out had Reagan. something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, then, then that kind of, you know, I'm just kind of like snowballing here because I can't imagine this, so I'm going to probably express that a few times. But when when the coaches address the media, okay, and, and obviously you're not a media guy, you've done things like this, you've talked to the media, I get that. But when, when coaches say – I'm not going anywhere. Um, this is my school. This is not a stepping stone. We know that one's pretty famous from drink, but like Lincoln Riley said, I'm not taking the job at LSU. Well, he didn't lie, but then he goes and takes the job at USC. And then Brian Kelly says well, all that stuff. I know you don't know those guys, but I mean, it ha- kind of happened in a simpler, similar role to you. Do you listen to that? Or when you're asked about it, like what, I mean, what the hell is going on? internally 
No, you can't pay any attention because, like I keep saying, at the end of the day, they have to do what's best for them. And if the opportunity presents itself, somebody would be stupid not to take the opportunity. So, um, you know, they're saying that at that day and time, probably to not arouse any more questions out of the media. So saying what needs to be said, but at the end of the day, anyone in that situation is going to choose what's better for them. So um, that's why that's why you can't dig in too far for it, because at the end of the day, they have to do what's best. So that's why um, personally, I mean, it, and it's definitely a tough pill to swallow, but you have to just you got to sit back and just put yourself in their shoes and realize what's the best option for yourself and what's the best option for themselves. So, um, it, I mean, it definitely is tough, but that's what you have to do. You know, I can somewhat understand Lincoln Riley's decision. You know, he's got a bowl game coming up, but he doesn't – he's not playing for a conference championship. He's not going – you know, Oklahoma was not going to be in, in the uh, Final Four uh, playoff picture. But then you look at Notre Dame, and you've got Kelly there, and with – would a couple of good bounces go his way, Notre Dame's in that final four. You know, all it, you know, if something, if Alabama loses, if Michigan loses, if Oklahoma State loses, or even Cincinnati, I mean, the only one that I think is secure right now is Georgia. So I, I just, I think it all comes down to the NCAA. And I, I really wish that they would go back and change the signing day period back in February, because it all boils down to that. They want these coaches in place for this signing day that's coming up here in about two weeks. And I think that would uh, alleviate that. And I believe the NFL even has some kind of tampering rule that they they cannot tamper with a coach as long as they're still playing. And uh, I think that would be better for the, for the sport, for college. It would take pressure off of these coaches. It would take pressure off of these – athletic directors and universities to get somebody in there this quick because I really don't think it's it's really not right to the players who have busted their butt all year long to play for a championship or even to go to a bowl game and then and even that coach and 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 all of a sudden now yeah somebody's dangling this money in front of me if I don't take it I'm stupid you know that's a great point yeah yeah that's that's like uh I told uh Doug Gillen at the uh, New Orleans Bowl a couple of years ago, you know, we were talking about drink. It was right when he left and Sean Clark was named the head coach. And and he told me, he's like, yeah, he said he had to do it. I said, yeah, and if he wouldn't have done it, you would have needed to fire him. And he said, why? And I said, because you don't want anybody that stupid running our football program. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Zach, does yeah. that change um, if the rule is kind of what, what Dad just mentioned? If there's a no tampering rule, does I mean obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but could you see Satterfield staying? Could you see Drinkwood staying another year? Not really, because if you promise someone twenty eight million dollars, it's hard to stay somewhere. Right. Yeah, I can understand from the aspect. I like that. I mean, I, I like the point you brought up from the no tampering rule. I think that would definitely lock them in through the whole season to where they can't be in contact with someone else. Um, but you know, when season's over, that's when all the that that's when stuff starts getting promised. And I mean, from if you look at the Lincoln Riley situation, like I mean, who wouldn't take that in their right minds when you yeah, offer someone 
billion dollars, a private jet, and you're going to pay them a million dollars more just to buy their houses and you're going to pay for a house there. I mean, like that's just, that's generational money. That's going to set your kids, kids up. So, I mean, that's the hard part is nowadays is these universities have so much money and can offer so much to some one person that it's hard to say no. Yeah. And, and um, here's I'll kind of the crazy answer. Hang on, Dad. I'll tell you my answer um, to who wouldn't say no to that, or at least who I'm hopeful wouldn't say no to that. Uh, Sean Clark. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's who I hope would not never take that. But yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, yeah. if you if you if you offer Sean Clark that deal at USC, that's that's a hard one to turn down right there. <laughs> definitely, oh, yeah. but I hope he doesn't take it. <laughs> I mean, but, I respect <laughs> the guy, and he definitely would probably say, but. I'm the, I mean, I just, I couldn't wrap my mind right, to right. why you would stay. <laughs> and here's, here's another reason I think Lincoln Riley did the right thing and take by taking that job is, you know, they've got a big change coming up with Oklahoma here in the next year or so. Yeah. They're going to be joining the SEC. And chances are, I'd say they'll be in the SEC West. And that is the toughest division in college football, period. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's brutal. And, I mean, Alabama, LSU, um, Auburn, they're in the West too, right? Texas no, they're in A&M. Texas A&M. Auburn's it's in there, just, yeah. Yeah, Auburn. Yeah, it's awful. And um, so he definitely has a better chance to win a Pac-12 title and get into the playoff situation only having to deal with somebody like Oregon yeah definitely and 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 he can do it I mean um you know the on the other side of the coin you you, now he did win a bunch of conference titles over there at Oklahoma but he never played for a a national championship I don't think he won a college football playoff game um same thing with Kelly uh you know he never won a national title at Notre Dame and he's, you know, he's cashing in big time to go to LSU. So he's going to have his hands full. Um, I just I, I, I just wish he would have stayed for the end of the year. But Yeah. What was uh, Brian Kelly's contract? I think it was nine and a half million a year. That's what it is now. It's not. Yeah. yeah it oh, what it was that. at Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what it was at Notre Dame. Yeah, but I can yeah. guarantee you it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, all right. Now here's, here's something that has been kind of brought to me, uh, that I, I don't really know how to answer because it'd be so just unseen before. What are the chances that Lincoln Riley has his, I mean, Oklahoma, if you took this team, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to sidetrack here. Oklahoma, if you took this team and put them in Southern California and they put the Trojan uniform on, they'd win the PAC 12. Like I'm 1000% believing that because they're better in Oregon. They're better than Utah. I don't think it, the defense is a little suspect, but whatever the quarterback at, at Caleb Williams, and then you got Spencer Rattler. And that brings to me to my point, those players theoretically can go with them. Yeah. Now, now Zach, this is where I have to ask you because I don't know if it happened or if it was asked or whatever. I know you kind of said no to Satterfield. Um, how how like ethical or weird or like crazy would it be for Caleb Williams or Rattler or whoever to go with or recruits to flip to go to Southern Cal? Oh, I, 
I definitely could see that happening. Um, I, I wouldn't see Rattler going there just because um, he got benched from him. So I wouldn't if, – if I was Rattler, I wouldn't go to the coach's bench. I mean, that just doesn't seem smart to me. Um, but definitely, I mean, coaches are up front with you, and coaches will tell you, like, um, definitely, like, hey, you have a chance to come here and play if you want to play at a bigger school. Or if you – like, that was an instance from uh, from a – like, if that was a group of five, power five, like, if you have that chance, then why not take it? So, I mean, coaches – at the end of the day, they got to get the best recruits. And, you know, they had – sometimes coaches come in late so they can't recruit. And then, like, Lincoln's case, you know, he can recruit a little bit, but he can't really recruit a lot. So there's going to be a lot of phone calls probably from his team in Oklahoma that he's built that viable relationship with that possibly might go. And then definitely with the recruits, um, those recruits – I mean, I've already seen a couple of recruits from Oklahoma already have decommitted. So, yeah, I mean – and they have a five-star quarterback, uh, Malachi Nelson, had committed to Oklahoma, and now he has committed to Lincoln Riley at USC. Yeah, oh, that's, really? yeah, that's I think that's probably yep. the same one, similar one that that you saw. Um, and and like here's here's my point to this, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head here. It is an instant upgrade from. Whoever they had, obviously, they won only won four games. They do play on Saturday. They play Cal in the toilet bowl or whatever they're going to call it. But it's – I mean, it's just going to be an instant upgrade. And I would imagine, Zach, that it was an instant upgrade with Zach Thomas to whoever the frick they had in Mizzou. Actually, was it Drew Locke who was leaving after when Drink got there? You cannot tell me that it was not an instant upgrade. That's beside the point, whatever. So if he tried to get you, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but like it, it would just be really strange if they took 10 players from Oklahoma, their best 10, and said, all right, come play for the Trojans, and you can have it all. I mean, it's definitely because at, at that point, you know, you, you have a coach that comes into a team that he has no idea who a player on that team is. He don't know how they play. He don't know anything about them. And if you have the chance to bring in someone that you know fully everything about him, the guy that you know more about, you're going to play him no matter what until you gain the trust of the other person. So, um, I mean, you definitely see that in college football. Yeah, especially now because there's no – you don't have to sit out. Exactly. That's – imagine this This kind of makes me mad because imagine if Corey didn't have to sit out that first year. Like, that's just – that's crazy. Um, All right, uh, any any last kind of thoughts here on the the whole – Call the coaching carousel, all that stuff um, before we kind of move on into the next topic. Everybody good? Okay, cool. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette or Lafayette, as they say, I don't think anybody on this planet other than the people in that place know how to say how or where they're from. Who cares? Um, they're a good football team. And I don't think there's truthfully a lot of people that know the Cajuns like Zach Thomas does. Um, Zach, you had some you had some all timers against them. Um, let's see what what was the best. What what was your favorite? I'm gonna go one play. I got it in my head. Uh, it was the uh, 2018 championship run. Oh, okay. We fourth and one, and I pulled it and then scored. Yep. Okay. I went a different direction, Dad. What did you come up with for Zach? I, I don't know if I could remember a specific play, but a specific series. 
and that was in I guess 2019. Yep. Uh, when we had the ball, I guess on the three or the seven yard line, and and we had a 90 some yard drive that took about four weeks, and uh, <laughs> and they they just didn't know they they couldn't stop us. Well, okay, and and Zach, this is the answer to, to my own question. How did that series end? How did you cap it off? That the series I told you about. No, no, no. The one that Dad just mentioned, the one that took four weeks. Oh, uh, we won. Yeah, it capped yeah. off with with you in the end zone because it yeah. was the it was it was the it was the boot right where you where yeah you it, was a, it. it was yeah it was the um, we used to call it twenty four snucky <laughs> and yeah <laughs> we jumped in the end zone. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite plays ever. Like it, you know, what it reminded me of Zach was when Peyton Manning scored with the Broncos in Dallas. I think it was on Thanksgiving. And everybody thought he handed the ball off at the one, but he basically walked into the end zone. And yeah. that's it was pretty similar. Um, all right, Lafayette, obviously ugly on Tuesday night. I don't even remember what day it was. I don't remember what day it was. Um, I believe you had a tweet that said, going through the motions. Can you explain that or what that means uh, for the average Joe fan? No, I mean, it's just – these games are difficult and it's definitely difficult when you play rivals like that. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, I mean, we've been a powerhouse in this conference for a long time. So you're going to get everyone's best shot and it's just, you got to come out ready to play. And I, I mean, I have no doubt this game. Um, they've definitely have grown tremendously through the season and very proud of this team and how they've all played together, considering that, um, this is a this is an older team. A lot of people stayed, and a lot of people are still playing for this university. And this team is, is really playing good right now. So um, I think they've definitely grown. They've learned, and they've made those corrections that they made. And so now, definitely excited to see this game play out because I already know that they're going to be ready to play you. And this is what you worked your butt off all year for. And so um, emotions are going to be high. So it's just toning those motions in and relaying that to the field and just playing the best ball you can play because this is the game that matters all year. Yeah, a lot of these guys, like you said, they they decided to come back for another year, and and, and this is it right here. I mean, yep. play for a uh, conference title, and, you know, we're, we're the only school to ever win this game. You yep. know, last year it's, it didn't happen. And it's really good, um, like you just hit on it, I mean, it's very rarely that you have a team um, that has this many seniors going into a conference championship with this much playing time under their belt that they know what it takes. They know how to win these games. So from that standpoint, it's just um, – and they just they just have to execute what they – I know the coaches are going to put a good game plan together. So it's just executing the plan that's in place. And, you know, things are going to, you know, things are going to go bad. That's any game. So it's just expo- responding to that adversity – um, and then capitalizing when you can. So um, definitely excited for this game. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here, but both times that this game has been played, it's been at noon, right? Yeah, it's it's been a noon kickoff. So this time it's 3.30, and I, that probably has something to do because it's in Louisiana. I don't, I don't exactly know what the network situation is, but ESPN 3.30 Eastern time. Um, Zach, were they your favorite team to play? Oh, I mean, um, they were, I mean, it definitely was always fun beating them. 
Um, I don't know if I had a favorite team to play, to be honest. Always loved playing Troy. That was always a good game for me. Um, from the aspect of this, I almost went there and glad I didn't go there. So um, doing <laughs> playing as well as I did against them every year was um, very fun to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I really don't think there's much more. I mean, we could break the game down. We could preview it. I mean, I just think the three of us right here know the job that's got to be done. Uh, one, because we've seen it done. Well, two of us have seen it be done, and one has done it. Um, so I, I just think it's – we could we could squash this bug into the ground. But, I mean, it's going to be a great game. The, they're a ranked team by the college football playoffs, so it, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Um Last last few things here, Zach. I want to talk about the bowl game. We mentioned it um, kind of prior, wh- like while you're at the bowl game. But back to this kind of realistic in the moment type feel. When when you win the conference or after the conference championship, whatever, um, are you on your phone? Are you on Google? Are you on ESPN reading the bowl projections? Where do you want to go? Or during the season, do you look at that at all? Did you? Yeah, a thousand percent because okay. some of the games suck. Um, <laughs> so you never, yeah, you always wanted to go to New Orleans because that was the best one to go to, and you always wanted to play before Christmas. So you were definitely checking because you wanted it to be home for Christmas. So, yep. um, yeah, you're definitely on your phone checking. Okay, I didn't know if that was like kind of kind of similar to the whole don't listen to the media, whatever. But um, I, I got another story about this specifically. Ryan Huff, shout out my guy Ryan. Um, safety for us right now. He was there while you were there, obviously. And um, we, we got to be pretty good friends my freshman year and, and Jace Frisbee as well. Shout out to Jace. We all had a class together and we were, we were in the library for something. And the three of us were doing a project together and Ryan just stopped doing the project and was looking at the projections. And he was like, where is Mobile, Alabama? <laughs> and uh, we got, we got put there. So. Yeah, but it's not but home state, so <laughs> <laughs> terrible ball game though. <laughs> okay, um, Zach, here here's a question for you. Speaking of the home state of Alabama, if memory serves me correctly, getting to know your mother over the last several years, which I never really got to know your dad because he would sit down there kind of by himself and keep quiet, and she stood up beside me and couldn't keep from pacing, you know. But I believe that uh, she is an Alabama fan and your dad is an Auburn fan. Is that correct? That is definitely correct. We've and, been a house divided since I was born. So so how about you, Roll Tide or War Eagle? I'm an Auburn fan. I took after her dad. Um, so oh, okay. Auburn fan. I got gotcha. you. It was a rough right. weekend. So yeah. Uh, wish we could have got that one, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that, that kind of that, that brings another question. Um, I would say it's fairly similar to the Duke-Carolina rivalry, especially in basketball. Um, but you being pretty far away from it and playing for App State, but obviously always gets the national sprinkle of attention. Are you as locked into Auburn? Like, do you enjoy watching them play, or did you when you played? Um, the thing with me is I enjoy just – you know, like I do like Auburn, but I enjoy watching any college football. Um, the thing for me now is I do enjoy watching college football. I, sometimes I don't really enjoy watching app from the aspect of um, I know I could still be out there and a lot of my friends are still out there. So it's a, it's still a tough pill for me to swallow from that aspect. And I know that 
um, it just, I don't want to say it makes me jealous, but it just, it's like an irk in me that I, you know, I wish I could still be out there with them. Um, I think that'll be different when my friends are done playing. So, um, which I, I enjoy going to the games. It's definitely a fun time and I enjoy everything that goes on with the community of app, but I just love football as a whole. I love the life, the life lessons that you learn. I love the teamwork it takes just a sport. So I love watching football. Um, NFL is a little different story. I'm not really the biggest NFL fan, um, but I just love, I really love college sports, to be honest. Um, there's not really one I don't watch. So um, yeah, I'm definitely an advocate for that. All right. Last, last thing here. Um, your college football playoff projection, who gets in, who are they leaving out? This is a rough one um, because I think Alabama beats Georgia. Um, which I know is a bold take right now, but I don't know. The, the problem is, is you can't ever count Alabama out. That's the problem. You cannot. I'm with you. And so I think – and I don't know if Michigan wins, to be honest. I think Iowa upsets Michigan. Mm. So <laughs> I don't know. And I can definitely see it both ways. But to be honest, I would say um, at the end of the day, I don't know. Wow. I just kind of put myself in a corner because I just told you Alabama's going to beat Georgia. Um, I'm with you, Zach. I, I've said that all along. I think Alabama beats Georgia, um, you know, and I think Cincinnati problem, does it. I think Cincinnati goes undefeated. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's in. I think Oklahoma State's in. Um, I think – I hope Notre Dame doesn't get in there. I don't like Notre Dame. Um that would be insane. Yeah, and that would suck just from that player's aspect because – Definitely. Losing a coach and having to play in the college football playoff. Um, I don't know. You know, if Georgia wins, then I definitely – you know, Georgia, and then I would say, which do you move if Alabama loses and Michigan loses? Do you move Cincinnati too? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So I don't know. It's too hard to tell. I can't give you a final answer. I don't it, know. It I honestly, it kind of sounds like you're cheering for the the mayhem. I am. I am. Yeah. You know, I want and definitely want group of five to stay in there. So I want Cincinnati to be in there. I don't want Cincinnati to be four because they have a better chance play. Of a three than they do a one. Right. So <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather Cincinnati be a two or three to be honest for their uh, for their sake. So I don't know. I'm a little torn in between. I, don't, I can't give you a final answer. I hear you. Makes makes total sense in the world. Are you interested in starting your own podcast? Well, if you are and haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to podcast. Let me explain. It's free and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Simple, easy, done. Anchor will also send out your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Music, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you want to have your own podcast, just like the Father-Son Podcast, go with Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, the free Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started today.